48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. A top Beijing official says the SAR's leaders must stand up and fight acts that threaten national sovereignty. Veteran Democrat says she's increasingly worried about the outlook for judicial independence and security police raid University of Hong Kong's student union office. A senior Beijing official in charge of Hong Kong affairs says those involved in governing Hong Kong must have the courage to fight acts that harm national sovereignty and safety and can't shy away from confrontations. Timmy Sung reports. Xiao Baolong, the head of the state's council's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, said the national security law has already chopped the hands off internal and external forces who threaten security. According to the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, Mrs. Xiao made remarks in a speech at a closed-door forum on the national security law. The senior Beijing official expressed hope that everyone in Hong Kong will shoulder their responsibility and turn their passion for the country and Hong Kong and their aspirations for a better life into initiatives for abiding, executing and safeguarding the national security law. Mrs. Xia also stressed that Hong Kong must ensure that all those in power are capable and staunch patriots. The mainland official accused some politicians of foreign countries, including the United States, of imposing meaningless sanctions against China, saying this would only provoke Chinese anger and hatred towards them, and sound the death knell for their agents in Hong Kong. Speaking after the speech, Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the SER government will ramp up its implementation of the national security law in order to meet Beijing's expectations. And the United States has just announced sanctions on seven Chinese individuals over the crackdown on democracy in Hong Kong. It's Washington's latest effort to hold Beijing accountable for what it calls an erosion of the rule of law in Hong Kong. A separate, up, separate updated business advisory highlighted U.S. government concerns about the national security law's impact on international business. The Vice Chairwoman of the Basic Law Committee, Maria Tam, said that while Mr. Jia highlighted qualities of Hong Kong's chief executive, she doesn't think there was anything wrong with any current or past leaders. Mr. Xia Baolong says that we do not just look for patriots to administer Hong Kong. We look for patriots with ability, with foresight, with strategic thinking and with a touch to the heart of the Hong Kong people. That's the kind of leader we want. Veteran Democrat Emily Lau said she's worried that local judges may feel pressured after Carrie Lam said Beijing wants Hong Kong to bring people charged under the national security law to justice. The former Democratic Party chairman said judicial, judicial independence must be safeguarded in the SAR. I certainly hope that mainland officials will not be so blatant in trying to uh, exert pressure on the Hong Kong uh, judges because uh, they should know that the independence of the judiciary, its integrity and credibility is very important to the survival of Hong Kong as an international financial centre. And uh, this is something that is very dear to Hong Kong people's hearts. So I, I hope that is not their intention. And I certainly hope the judges will not be swayed by that. More than a dozen national security police officers have raided the University of Hong Kong's student union office three days after the chief executive, Carrie Lam, called for action against student leaders there. Jimmy Choi reports. 
Officers were seen carrying evidence boxes after they were let inside by university staff in the afternoon. They went into meeting rooms and reportedly searched the student-run campus TV as well as the office of the undergrad magazine. The operation is linked to a motion passed by the union's council last week. It mourned a man who died after he allegedly stabbed a police officer and then himself in Causeway Bay on July the 1st. It also thanked him for what was described as his sacrifice. In a statement, Hong Kong U management confirmed that the police had entered the campus in Pok Fu Lam and said the officers had a warrant. It said the university was obliged to act in compliance. The authorities have repeatedly condemned the union, saying the motion was no different from supporting and encouraging terrorism. Members of the union's council retracted the motion, apologized and resigned the position last week. But on Tuesday, the CE told the media she was very angry and ashamed of the students, and the police and university should look into taking follow-up action. Hours after she made the remark, the university announced that it no longer recognized the union. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The government says 214 district councillors have resigned this month. There's been a mass exodus amid rumours authorities will seek financial compensation from councillors who'd be disqualified under new oath-taking laws. In Wong Tai Sin district, 20 councillors, including the chairman and vice-chairman, quit in the previous week, leaving only three in office. One of the district councillors who remained, Mandy Tam, said the government needs to provide a solution because they can't have meetings to discuss community issues without a chairman. Without a chairperson, who is going to hold a meeting? And I think the uh, government needs to sort out what best to do with, in terms of only three left. They have to work out the way to elect a chairperson and a vice chairperson in order for the meetings to continue. Otherwise, there will be no meeting at all. Some publishers at the book fair say they won't stop selling books that have attracted national security complaints despite receiving warnings from officials. Wang Yinting has the story. One of the publishers at the week-long book fair, Huawei Culture, said it had been told by organizers that three of its books had been flagged up as potentially violating the national security law. A project director from the company, who gave his name as Sam, said one of the books involved is about the 2019 Yunlong mob attacks and was written by a former journalist. The notice simply didn't tell us anything about how the book violated the law or violated the guidance of the book fair. He says he would keep selling the books unless he receives further instructions from the Trade Development Council, which organizes the book fair. Another publisher, Kind of Culture, said it was notified by the Council of Complaints about some of its books. It also said it would continue selling the items nevertheless. A shopper at the book fair, Natalie, said she felt angry about the complaints. I heard that some people reported to TDC and then said they should not appear in the book fair. Actually quite angry about it because I think these books may not be available in the future. So I want to buy it as soon as possible. Meanwhile, a pro-establishment group Policy HK Social Strategy said it has identified nine books at the fair that might breach the security law. It said it would be filing complaints to the police's National Security Department. Privacy Commissioner Ada Chung has warned that entire websites could be blocked if the hosts refuse to take down any doxing content. But she insists this would be a last resort and such a move would be rare under anti-doxing legislation to be tabled to LegCo next week. Timmy Sung reports. 
Under the planned legislation, people could be punished for disclosing others' personal data without consent, so long as they had the intent to cause specified harm, such as harassment, bodily or psychological damage. The punishment will be more severe if actual harm was caused. The law will also give the commissioner the power to order companies, regardless of where in the world they are based, to remove doxing content, and failure to comply could be met with a $50,000 fine and up to two years in prison. Speaking on an RTHK program, the head of the privacy watchdog Ada Jung said she believed that after the legislation is passed, more online platforms will comply to take down illegal content, noting that around 70% have been cooperative with her office to date. And Ms Chung said local staff of these platforms won't be held responsible if they have nothing to do with the operation of the sites. We will only ask the platforms to remove the doxing content. If they refuse to cooperate, we will consider removing the entire website. This is the last step if other approaches don't work, she said. But data scientist Wong Ho-Wah expressed concern about the free flow of information, saying personal data isn't clearly defined in the legislation. And it could take weeks for companies to review whether flagged content is indeed illegal. He also said that since the commissioner will be empowered to access electronic devices of companies without a warrant in urgent circumstances, he's worried that the industry will try to avoid this by simply removing anything they are told to. Health officials have reported one imported COVID case involving an asymptomatic woman who arrived in the city from the UAE. Officials also say they're looking into a probable repositive case involving an Indian sailor, Violet Wong reports. The 32-year-old sailor had previously tested positive for COVID-19 in India in May. The Centre for Health Protection says he tested positive for the L452R coronavirus mutation on Wednesday, a day after arriving in Hong Kong. It says antibodies were found in his sample after he was hospitalised and the man hasn't been vaccinated against COVID-19. The CHP says the case is compatible with a repositive case. The crew of the vessel the man stayed on at the Kwai Ting container terminals will be quarantined on board for 21 days. Anyone who's been to the vessel will also be ordered to undergo COVID tests. Meanwhile, an untraceable local infection of an airport worker has been reclassified as being linked to an imported case, with officials saying the infected worker's sample was genetically linked to four COVID patients from Russia. A University of Hong Kong infectious diseases expert says people who have received the Sinovac COVID vaccine should be first in line for booster doses when they become available. A study by Hong Kong University researchers showed antibody levels in healthcare workers who'd had the BioNTech jab were 10 times higher than for those who've had Sinovac shots. Professor Benjamin Cowling said they may need booster doses sooner, but added that Hong Kong should focus on vaccinating as many people as possible. There's been a lot of discussion in the news recently about booster doses. I think it's premature to think about booster doses in Hong Kong when the coverage of first dose and second dose is still relatively low. But perhaps by the end of this year or by early next year, we would want to start thinking about booster doses and maybe the first group of people who could get booster doses are the people who received Sinovac this year. And then maybe later, it might also be useful to offer booster doses to people who receive the BioNTech vaccine, but that may be some time later. Overseas, and the head of the European Commissioner Ursula von der Leyen has warned that flooding events such as the ones to hit Germany and its neighbours are a clear indication of climate change and show the world the urgency for action.
Of course, we have seen extreme weather phenomena like droughts or stark rain in the past, but it is the intensity and the length of these events where science tells us this is a clear indication of climate change and that this is something where we really, really, it shows the urgency to act. Ms. von der Leyen was speaking as Germany announced the death toll from devastating floods had passed 100. United Nations experts say 75 children have been killed in Myanmar since the military seized power in February and more than 1,000 children have faced arbitrary detention. The chair of the UN Child Rights Committee, Mikiko Atani, said children in post-coup Myanmar are exposed to indiscriminate violence, random shootings and arbitrary arrests every day. The 18 experts on the committee strongly condemned the killings of children by the junta and police, adding that some victims were shot dead in their own homes. Football now, and for the latest transfer news, here's the BBC's John Bennett. It looks as though one of the world's most sought-after strikers won't be moving to the Premier League this season. Borussia Dortmund have ruled out selling Erling Haaland during this campaign. Amid interest from Chelsea, BBC Sport understands that the Blues have not lodged an official bid, but Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel is keen on Haaland, who scored 20 goals in 16 Champions League games for Red Bull Salzburg, and Borussia Dortmund. Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola has also been monitoring the situation, but Dortmund are determined to reject any offers for Haaland. Meanwhile, Haaland's former teammate Jadon Sancho has had a medical as his £73 million move to Manchester United from Borussia Dortmund edges closer. Elsewhere, Leicester City have made their third signing of the European summer. Left-back Ryan Bertrand has arrived from Southampton on a free transfer. Chelsea striker Olivier Giroud is signing for AC Milan. And Wolves have signed the Portuguese goalkeeper Jose Sarr from Olympiacos. It's on a five-year deal for an undisclosed fee. The 28-year-old's arrival at Molyneux comes after Rui Patricio completed a move to Roma from Wolves. Golfer Colin Morikawa has surged into the lead on his British Open debut at nine under par after a second round score of 64. The American's making his first appearance at the Open Championship. The last debutant to win on his Open debut was Ben Curtis in 2003, also at Royal St George. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The top, a top Beijing official says the SAR's leaders must stand up and fight acts that threaten national sovereignty. A veteran Democrat chair says she's increasingly worried about the outlook for judicial independence. And security police raid the University of Hong Kong's student union office. And a quick look at the weather. It'll be mainly cloudy with a few showers, isolated thunderstorms. There'll be more showers tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 27 and 30 degrees. And the outlook, the weather will stay unsettled with showers and thunderstorms early next week. Currently at the observatory, it's 29 degrees Celsius. Humidity is 81%. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are, you're more than welcome to join in our sentimental journey. If you'd like a memory of your own, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. But on the show tonight, we include Judy Andrews, Ray Anthony, 
Lena Horne, Nancy Wilson, Roy Hargrove, Big Band, first up, Julie Andrews it is. Maybe what's holding my soul together 